Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. It is episode 32, OJ Simpson's number, that's of season two, but the overall is number 82, which was Ozzie Newsome. And that's a really that's a really good reference. I am Brit. I'm Craig. And we are here post, I guess you'd call it a Super Bowl. Um it, yeah. it a game happened. <laughs> yep. It, the football season came to an official end. Oh, but it never ends for us here on the podcast. True. There's too much there's, there's already news to talk about. There's already there news is. to talk about. But first, we have a couple of beers tonight that were donated by my brother and contributor Thank Adam. You. So thank you, Adam, for bringing this by. The first one I have I've poured into a glass for me and Craig is a can from Treehouse Brewing. And that's what's exciting. Treehouse is very highly rated beer in this area. Um, Man, we're going there this summer. Yes. um, Oh, I'm already planning a trip, but I'm going midweek because I hear you can't get in the place on weekends. All right. So I'm going. We'll take a day. You know what? I always take time off around my birthday in the middle of May. And you always have that one day off in the middle of the week with the, your job. So we'll just plan for that day. All right. We'll drive up there. So this is called Snow. It's a wheat double IPA. Um, it's described as having a bready finish. It's smooth. And it's a distinct twist for a winter IPA. So we have not had wow. this before. No. So Craig and I are about to take our first sip. Craig can go ahead this, first. Um, you cannot see through this beer um, at all. Like you can't, I, you can't see through it. It's not even, I can't even describe it as cloudy. It's, it's murky. Murky is more the word. I mean, it's not cloudy. It's like light just can't penetrate it. It's like if you made a porter, but made it golden color, it's that kind of depth and thickness. All right. So Craig is taking his first sip. Let's see what he thinks of this guy. Ooh, that's, it finishes kind of dry. Which a lot of IPAs do. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let me go in for this. But there's no, um, I mean, I don't think, it, it's not a New England IPA, so there's no, like, juice flavor, really. I mean, it looks like it could be orange juice. That's all I think it, it is. Do, it has the consistency of a New England IPA. But I don't really get a lot of juiciness out of it. I'll no, I'm sip. not getting any juice out of it. I'm getting, I'm getting, wow, I'm getting German wheat style up front with a real dry, hoppy finish. Yeah. I that's don't know. I don't know that I could drink a lot of this, but I can definitely drink this half a can of it. Oh, it's, yeah, definitely. It's very interesting. It's different because usually we have New England IPAs on here, so this is a kind of another end of the IPA spectrum. Yes, and, and the other can my brother sent down is an IPA as well, so we'll pop that open at some point during the podcast. This is interesting. I I, I mean, I, I, we need to go up there. Yes, we need to that's, go not, that's not a question. And now that the offseason is upon us, we will be doing... Craig and I visited, I wouldn't say a ton of breweries, but maybe about a half dozen or so between the two of us each um, during the season that we just didn't have time to talk about. So we'll talk about those. Um, and we'll, we'll get to those during the offseason because, the, as we said, the offseason has now officially begun. But on to the burning hot take questions. Time for a best ball league. But yes, seriously, right? <laughs> best ball is already drafting. We could... <clears throat> episode 96, the best ball draft. <laughs> it's coming. Um you want to lead out, or do you want me to lead out this uh, no, week? No, you you ask first. Okay, so there w- there was a game on Sunday. Yes. Um, and the first question I have is, and you and I watched the game together. Thank you so much for coming to oh, our small gathering the at the Curling Club. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about what about ten of us? About ten yeah. to twelve of us. Um, and it was just it was just a nice kind of quiet gathering. That game was so dull and boring that at halftime we broke out a couple of tabletop games and we just, as long as we could see the TV, we played tabletop games while we watched the game because it was that boring. Defensive games are. Defensive games are. are. Boring. So, so question one. Yep. Was this the most boring Super Bowl you personally have ever seen? No. Okay. So obviously you answered that so quickly. There's one in your head. Tell me which one was worse. <clears throat> that was, let me look up the number really quick. No, I have to do the number. Just tell me All the right. teams. Are it was the 49ers versus the chargers. The blowout mid nineties when it was 49 to like 26, 27, Steve young versus Stan Humphreys. Pretty sure. 94 ish. Definitely mid nineties. I can look it up. It was right. I think that that was the year the Chargers started out. zero and four ran the table and went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yes. I remember that year very clearly. Yep. Stan Humphreys was the, the quarterback of that team, and that, that was a blowout. So what I'm hearing from you is you would rather see a defensive struggle than a blowout. Yeah, because in a defensive struggle, it would make scoring more exciting. Like, you know, if the Rams were able to score a touchdown when any of those passes in the end zone right. would have been a lot more exciting than to see a touchdown scored every, like, two minutes. Because, you know, I was watching that at John's house, um... We stopped watching like halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. Started playing a card game. You could probably play Magic or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at UConn. I remember that very clearly. Um, I, I 
will disagree in that this one was more boring to me just because there was no scoring and no threats of scoring. There was a total of one play run inside of a red zone. One. Point. And that was it. I mean, I like threats of scoring. I would love I'd love to see extended drives that die at the 40 or they get inside the 20 and then there's a turnover. Those kinds of defensive struggles are exciting to me. This was just clearly offensive ineptitude in my in my opinion, which was shocking yeah, based on how these teams. teams had played. I mean, the Rams had a very good offensive year. The Patriots were exceptional against the Chargers and the Chiefs. I, it was shocking to see this this performance for me. Yeah, so, the first half of that game, they neither one of them looked like they knew what they were doing. No. No, they oh. both looked like they had game planned themselves. They looked like the head coach from The Waterboy. <laughs> the quarterback fakes the fake. He pretends to fake. I don't know where I am. I need to sit down. Great line. Fantastic, fantastic movie. So, sorry. So, yeah. More, yeah, so I, I, it was one of the more boring Super Bowls I've ever seen. I, I agree with you, though, that that 49er Charger game that was, was tough to watch. 49 to 26. Tough to watch that game. In Miami. Yeah. 1995. 95. 95 well, years. Well, it was okay. the 94 was season, so. I was off by a year. Okay, so what have you got for me? Um, and I guess we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but this will be a precursor for it. Um, if there was one team you had to pick in this offseason who's going to make the biggest move, who would you say it would be? I think it's going to be, I think I, I think you're, you're going to disagree, and you're going to be shocked by my answer. Okay. I think it's the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Oh, he just made a face. The only reason he didn't make a sound is because he was drinking his beer. <laughs> The Texans are lined up, and I sent Craig an article today, a bunch of, what was it, like six off-the-wall <clears throat> predictions for 2019, yep. and a lot of them had to do with free agency and teams that could acquire folks, and the Texans were one of the teams on that list. Um, I think the Texans are going to be very active during the postseason. I think they're going to look to shore up a lot of things and move a lot of people around. I think Jacksonville also has that potential. Um calling it right now i think that nick Foles ends up in jacksonville i've heard already that i've already heard that buzz um but i do think i think Le'Veon bell's gonna end up in houston um and see where it goes from there but I, if i had to say one team is gonna shake things up it's the texans now obviously okay. you had a team in mind when you brought this up so who are you thinking um i was thinking the jets only because they have a lot of cap room you know they probably they could definitely afford bell or brown do they need them though with Crowell being he has concussion issues. Don't we all? He gets hit in the head again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <he> coming back. <laughs> That's possible. That's and I don't possible. know. And Powell, like, he had a neck injury he needed surgery for, so I don't even know if he's gonna play yeah, again. I, I don't know if we can rely on Bilal Powell. And Elijah Maguire was so inconsistent. Yeah. Um so I can see that too. I just don't think they're gonna put up the money that they can land Le'Veon Bell. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon Bell does not want to come to New York. The New York market is not what he needs. He wants to go somewhere where he's praised and loved and babied and babied. That team is just sure. really falling apart. I, I've, I've, if Steelers? you're new to the podcast, you don't know this, but I have a lot of, I have a total lack of respect for the Steelers organization. He does he in the does. last three or four years, particularly their head coach and how it's been handled. I'm not gonna, and, and this is the thing: when you do football commentary, regardless of whatever level you do at it, professionally amateur podcast level, whatever it is, you, you, I can't understand what Mike Tomlin goes through on a day-to-day basis, but I can understand his team has not exemplified class. No, the last two or three seasons. No, they have been divisions inside. He's they've allowed the quarterback to run off the offensive coordinator in Todd Haley. They basically, Ben was allowed to banish him. (laughs) Um, the inmates run the asylum there and, and it's, it's not in a good way. So yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So I and we'll we'll probably get to Antonio Brown later at some point too. I, I'm not I, I have not nearly had enough to drink to talk about Antonio Brown yet. So, <laughs> all right, question the third. Yeah. So with the Super Bowl, in addition to the game, comes People get new coaches. Well, no, no. Well, I'm saying I'm still on the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, okay. New coaches yep. we do have to talk about, but we have ages to talk about new coaches. That during the broadcast comes the commercials. Right. Two commercials stuck out to me. Okay. I want to know, did any commercials stick out to you, and which one did you like uh, or really dislike? The WeatherTech commercial, because it had a dog. Yes. The entire Multiple dogs. Multiple dogs. Uh, and I found the the crossover Game of Thrones commercial well done. That was my number one. Because they, they killed the Budweiser night. Because you think about it, HBO probably went to other people and said, hey, let's do a crossover. 
but they were like, yeah, we have to kill whoever's in your commercial. <laughs> and, and Bud Light said, wait a minute, you're going to put a commercial on the TV featuring our, our product and our actors and our logo and our logo and not charge us anything for it. Did you see the full version, by the way? I feel like we saw the... Tr- the, the no, c- the, okay. I saw the one we saw. The full... the So the, in the one we saw, they talk about what a beautiful day it is, and then they yep. acknowledge the Bud Knight, and the Bud Knight just rides out into the field and gets clobbered. Right. In the full version, which is like an extra 10 seconds longer, the Bud Knight stops and talks to his, his squire. Okay. And as he's being handed the lance, he goes, here, hold this, and hold, hands the kid a Bud Light. <laughs> And then you see his other hand. He goes, oh, you better hold this, too, so we can take the shield. And then he, as they're getting ready to ride off, he goes, wait, 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 wait. And he pulls out of his belt a third <laughs> bottle of Bud Light and goes, hold my beer. <laughs> Which, of course, is the classic line. Whenever right. you do something stupid, yep. you tell somebody, hold my beer. And then rides off. And, All right, let's, do, let's tap this keg. Yep. And he just, he just gets out he there. Gets, yeah, and he gets clobbered. So Bud Light said, you're going to save us $2 million, put our logo everywhere, and do a crossover ad that people are probably going to talk about. We're in. Yep. To me, the clincher is that George R.R. R. Martin, who, if you don't know, is the guy who created Game of Thrones and is still supposedly writing the last Allegedly. couple books. And if you, if you don't know George R.R. R. Martin and how slowly he re- creates his, his prose, look up on Spotify under the group Paul and Storm, a song called Right Like the Wind. Okay. Have you ever heard this, Craig? <laughs> no. Right Like the Wind is a song beseeching George R. R. Martin to finish A Song of Fire and Ice before he dies. <laughs> it is a fantastic song. It is like three minutes long. I'll play it for you after the podcast. But it's 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 you you're you're not very young and your story isn't done. Please finish your story before you die, George R. R. Martin. Um but George R. R. Martin took to Twitter after the Bud Light commercial. And said, now that we've eliminated the Bud Knight, Colonel Sanders and the Energizer Bunny are next. And people aren't sure if this was just hype. Really? Or if there are more parodies to come. Huh. Interesting. So we'll have to wait and see. <clears throat> that was number one for me. Okay. Number two was the one, because you came in right as the game started. Did you see the 100th anniversary commercial? Yes. That was the number two for me. That was good. And you, what you have to realize about that commercial was if you think about it and you pay attention to the NFL honors the night before, every single person in that and most notably Ed Reed are in the same outfits that they wore to the NFL honors. No, they were. <laughs> Ed Reed is in the same. He, he was in a pimp suit. Let me just tell you, Ed Reed looked like he was going to a 70s prom <laughs> hat and all. And he appears in the commercial in the same suit. So. It gives the impression, and I have no idea if it's true or not, but it, it feels like it, that they literally recorded that Saturday afternoon. <laughs> they probably did. And then edited it, filmed it, and got it to CBS in under 24 hours. That's amazing. That. Yeah, I saw a, um, I saw an article that said Troy Aikman regretted telling them no, because they asked him to be in it, and he didn't do it. Bradshaw played the quarterback. They got Terry Bradshaw to hold the ball and stand there <laughs> looking around. But it was it was it was an excellent way to kick off the hundredth season, which we will have plenty of time to talk about because people yeah. are already angry about the first celebration, which is probably going to be that the opening night game is Bears Packers. They're going to bump the Super Bowl champion, which is yeah, something you don't but do. A, but it's a Thursday. It's a th- but that's that's but who, kickoff night. Yeah, but it's a Thursday. But who cares? The freaking NFL yeah. throws a concert in the city, usually with some random country star I've never heard of. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. know. Um, okay, think, so that's the commercials. That's, yeah, I think Cinch had another question directed at me. All right, let's we'll go for it. Um, let me pull up his wording. Thank you for Cinch while Craig is looking at it. Thank you for Cinch for sitting in last week. As much as you sat here and railed on my Chiefs, <laughs> and I'm sure I will have the opportunity to teach the valuable lesson, which is part-time contributors to a podcast should not upstage <laughs> the full-time contributors when the full-time contributors have the flu. I will make sure that we have plenty of opportunity to uh, to talk about that. Uh, well, all right. I can't go back. I it's gonna take me forever to find it because we had a giant discussion in that thread. Oh, we're we talking about <laughs> so the, the the girly issue. No, no, no. The um, am I worried about uh Zach taking over the Bengals? Oh, the new head coach after um Jared's performance in the Super Bowl. And my my answer is okay. No. Before you get there, yeah. so let's clarify. Yeah. The new head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals yep. was the offensive coordinator from the Rams or the, the quarterbacks, quarterbacks coach? coach. I just didn't know what his title was. Coach. was. His name was. Uh, his name is Zach. Zach's Taylor. I want to say Zach Thomas because Tyler, that's the it's former Tyler or Taylor. I have no other. idea. T A Y L O R. I still can't Taylor. get past the fact that Adam Gase looks like he's trying to make people's minds explode there's, with a stare. Yeah, there's that. 
I haven't even gotten to the you know the other folks yet. I mean, we have two more head coach hirings. We're just getting to the first one. Are okay. I'm not worried about it. Are I'm you? Not, I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, it it was Goff's first Super Bowl. There's nothing you, you can do as a coach to like, you know, you're not going to comment, you know, and he's so much to comment. And this down. is all their first trip to the Super Bowl in terms of a coaching yeah. staff. Sean McVay's never been to the Super Bowl before. No, and he's, and uh, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think it's going to be a good fit for Dalton overall. And he's already said that he's, he's probably going to call his own plays the way McVay d- did, right. does. Uh, they're hiring Brian Callahan as an offensive coordinator. They're actually thinking about hiring his dad. William Callahan from the Bill Callahan, Bill, yep. former Raiders head coach Yep, <clears throat> for as, defense. No, as another like offensive coach. I, again, I tell you right now, this is where but, you need to go when you're looking for that next McVay. What is the first thing McVay did? He hired an experienced defense guy, but bring in experienced who, guys to back you do up. You know who their top, you know, top of the list is for the defensive coordinator. No, Jack Del Rio. Again, experienced defensive coordinator with head yep. coaching experience who has done exceptionally well at the defensive end. Yeah. Del so, Rio has been a fantastic D coordinator. He's failed. I won't say he's failed spectacularly. He's had tough situations as a head coach in two different locations. Jaguars and the Raiders. Right. Yeah. And he was at Jags for a couple of years. The, no one survives with the Raiders. Period. No. No one since Madden has ever done any... Art Shell has more <laughs> out years as the Raiders head coach, and he's fired twice. So... <laughs> I, no, I, the Raiders, the Raiders head coach, it, it's like an annual stipend position. It just changes all the time. So I'm not going to put any stock in that, but he's a great defensive coordinator. And again, first thing McVay did is he sat there and went on 33 and I don't understand dick about defense. So I'm going to bring in a guy who's Whose done defense life. his entire life. <laughs> who Since I've a, been born. <laughs> who was a head coach before I was born and whose father invented defense. <laughs> Bum Phillips invented defense. <laughs> I'm just going to go out there. That's a complete lie, and I'm putting it but out he there. He pretty much, yeah. There's a, there's an there's an old show. There's a show from the the Brits called uh, The Mighty Boosh, and in it, one of the characters makes the 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 statement that the Human League from the 80s, the band mm-hmm. the Human League, invented music. <laughs> and the other guy's like, I don't think that's really true. And he goes, No, everything before that was just warming up. They invented music. <laughs> Bum Phillips invented defense. <laughs> Everything before that was just kind of figuring it out. Stop that guy with the ball. Bum Phillips. <laughs> and they were like, wow, really? Tackle him? <laughs> so, yes. I, I, so, yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about it. This is actually the no, first. No, um, this is good. This is the first coaching change slash hires um, for Mike Brown's daughter. He le- He's letting her pick the coaches. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, like things are things are changing, I think. Are, are, Maybe. But is, are we are we moving into a real life version of any given Sunday? It's very possible, maybe. Where Cameron Diaz becomes the overbearing <laughs> daughter owner? Maybe, maybe. But she's she's you know looking outside the Bengal box, which is a very narrow little box. So yeah, they live in their own little world. We'll we'll see what happens. I I have hope. Well, I have hope every year. So, but if Jack Del Rio gets hired as a defensive coordinator, I'll be more. Let me follow this up with this. Yeah. Does this put is is Andy Dalton's days now numbered? <laughs> New coach exceptionally uh, average performance the last three or four years. Well, I, uh, it's hard to answer before seeing him with a new coach. I know he's got like two or three years left on his contract. So excuse me. We'll see how that goes. I, I, I think it is. I think this is the death knell right here. Just got, now, see, here's the key about the Bengals. They are very injury prone. If they can avoid, including last, Andy Dalton, <laughs> if they can avoid having 23 starters get hurt like they did yeah. last year, mm-hmm. that would be very helpful. Very helpful. Indeed. And on that note, let's open our second beer. All right. This beer has no description, I think. No, right? this so. one has. Okay. So <clears throat> if you're not into the craft beer market, it's hard to understand, but sometimes they can stuff and they just put a rudimentary label on it. Sometimes they put labels with descriptions on it, etc. This just has a base label on it and what looks like a pine tree logo. Yes. And it's called it looks like a Christmas tree. It's got sorta. it's spelled because I don't know that I'm pronouncing this right. S S S A P P P. Sap. Like Warren. <laughs> it's an American IPA. Seven uh, percent. This is also a treehouse brew. Okay. Let's see how we uh, well we go with Bush. This. I did uh, I did a pretty good job on the first pour. So you let's did. see if we can get this. Guy. Uh, while you're pouring that, how do you feel yeah, about um? Bud Light's or Budweiser's attack on corn syrup. Apparently, there are a lot of farmers that I got pissed off at them. Really? Yeah, because you know they they farm corn. So you call it maize, <laughs> maize. You call it corn. Sorry, <clears throat> channel my inner beavis there. 
Um, so yes, I saw that commercial. It didn't wow me. It didn't bother me. I don't understand why you would use corn syrup in a beer. And for color, I guess. I'm assuming. Then, then brew it better. <laughs> Valid point. Valid point. Brit, I, was, I have to say, Brit is a master pourer. I do. I do have a he part-time. Does, he does well. Gig with the, the uh, with the pouring um, at the arena. Oh, oh, they're reaching Craig. All right. So I, okay. Craig got to drink the other one first. So I'm no, drinking this one ahead. first. This one. So again, you cannot see through it at all. And it's a similar level of murk. <laughs> what are the odds <laughs> of the same beer? <laughs> they just ran out of cans, so there's no one. They just put a different label on <laughs> to see if people like us would notice. <laughs> They're laughing on tap. They gave snow a 4.1, but sap only a 3.8. Idiots! That's <laughs> possible. Uh, okay. So let's see. All right, here we go. It, it's got a similar nose. It definitely has an IPA nose. Let's see how it tastes. He's okay, thinking. no, this is a much different beer. All right. Um, you talk. I'll try this. <sighs> It's an American style IPA, which means it's double dry hopped. Um, it's much smoother than I thought it would be. It's the the hoppiness is extremely at the end, like the the dryness comes in slowly and just keeps building. Like Craig just sipped it, we got to oh, give yeah. it a full like ten seconds before it peaks at the dryness. Like it just continually, the palate continually gets drier after you've drank it. Yeah. You see what I mean? You're continuing yep. to taste it even after you swallowed it, and it just tastes drier and drier, and now my tongue has run out of moisture. Yeah, but it, this is a much smoother beer, It's though. smoother, but then it, it's like the aftermath. You know what it's like? It's like hearing a train coming from a distance. <laughs> and you're standing on the platform, and it's like, let's say it's like one of those regional Amtrak trains, and you can hear it coming. It's it's Everything's nice and easy. And then you start to hear it coming, and you can hear it getting progressively closer, and then it blows through. True. And there's this huge gust of wind, and it's over. That's kind of what's the, the, the hops aftertaste is really building and strong on it. I like this a great deal. Uh, yeah, I like this one more than the snow one. And I liked the snow. Yes. I was not anti-snow. This is 7%, no. though. I don't know if I could drink more than one or two of these. Nice. As from all the Treehouse beers that we've tried, um, I think the Haze one is still my oh, favorite. Oh, Haze is amazing. <clears throat> that was good. Haze is amazing. I really, we got to go up there. <laughs> we got to go up there. So a friend of mine, an old coworker of mine named Melissa, was up there last weekend. Really? And uh, she posted on Facebook about it, and I was like, I really want to go. And she was like, you would not believe we walked in, and the place was just, the line for cans was in, insane like people just show up and like what, what do you have canned what just tell me what just there give is it to me or they or yeah just, yeah, just put it in my car <laughs> give me give me the legal max uh and that's the thing so we're gonna go up there even if the name of the beer that they're canning that week is called shit in a can yeah we're buying a case each more than likely because we know people down here who are going to want to try shit in a can <laughs> I mean, Treehouse has got a very strong reputation in Connecticut. If you're listening to us from like the West Coast or anything like that, you may not have heard of Treehouse yet. They don't distribute. They, um, nope. I think they only do locally in Massachusetts, and you have to come to them to get their stuff. They're in Sturbridge area. Um, so th- there you go. There's a so day they're trip. Not, they're not terribly far from us. And it's, and it's a little more than an hour. Hour and 15, hour and 20. Yeah. And it's right next door to Sturbridge Village. So we'll go do a history lesson. At Sturbridge right. Village, which if you've never been to Sturbridge Village or never heard of it, it's like, a, it's not a medieval. It's a revolutionary <laughs> era town, which basically takes you back to the 1770s. Um, and they do like, they have blacksmithing displays and all that fun stuff. And then we'll go to Treehouse and then we'll sleep it off in your car. And right. then we'll go back to Treehouse before we come home. So that, that could work. I, can, I'm on board figure, with this. Can I, can't, that out. I can't imagine a hotel room in Sturbridge is that expensive. For us that we can't just go and drink ourselves insane, get arrested, get released, and go back to Sturbridge and get arrested twice in That's, Sturbridge. I mean, we can pull that off. Yeah, I don't think my wife would very much like that, and she will definitely be accompanying us, I guarantee you. <laughs> she wants to go to this place, too. But, I mean, if you look online at the pictures of their brewery, mm. there's a counter where you go to get pints, and then there are what look like ride lines with, like, the, the snaking back-and-forth queue for can sales. Wow. Like, you can walk right up to the bar and go I give think, me a pint. Um, I think other half-brewing... You have to wait outside. I don't even know if they let people in to buy cans. We're going to go to Bad Sons this weekend because Christy still hasn't been. It's so. much better now. Well, that's why I mean. We're going to take her to Bad Sons. And as you and I recall from the la- first time we, we went. Right. That's when they now preface that with that's when they opened. Yeah. We were there very early like in their evolution. Their first month. <laughs> yeah. It was like a month after they opened. They were very young in their evolution. Um, the other part of it is that uh, New England Brewing is right down the road. That is true, too. So my goal is to get my wife there. Where? Meet to Bad Sons. Right. For me to have no more than one beer. 
her to t- taste as much as she wants. She'll probably get a flight because she likes to do that when she goes to place she's never been. Then hit Nebco on the way home because double fuzzy baby ducks <laughs> is pouring. It's not available in cans and oh, growlers. Oh, that's sad. But it's on tap. And that's good enough for me to go and sleep in the car. So, all right. Anyway, on to other things. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that has erupted, we're going to just get this out of the way right now. I've I've made two. (laughs) I've made a personal rule. Yep. And and it it comes because of the discussion that's erupted on the podcaster's thread. Right. On the podcaster's thread is five of the guys who have contributed to our podcast. Sean has been here once. Cinch has been here numerous times. Adam has been here once. They'll all be here again. Keith would be on the thread, except Keith refuses to buy an iPhone, and I refuse to dumb it down to anything other than an iMessage. <laughs> not a green bubble. That green bubble crap has got to go. <laughs> so Keith is not on the thread. But two of them, Adam and Cinch, are both very strong patriots. So is Keith. Keith is too. But, yes, but yeah, again, so, he's not on this thread. But, but he's not on this thread. I have made a personal rule, which I am announcing now here live for <laughs> you live. on February 6th, our recording day. I am a new personal rule. No one can be branded the greatest of all time while they are still an active player in their primary sport. Okay. That's it. So right off the bat, the whole Tom Brady is the GOAT discussion is moot to me. The only player I've ever known of, and I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting when I make this statement. Yeah. The only player I've ever known who walked past his own statue walking into an arena was Michael Jordan. And that's because he came back from baseball. Tom Brady is not walking past his own statue. Joe Montana never walked past his own statue. Okay. That's a valid point. So you know what? I'm not having that conversation until after he retires. That's my personal rule. Right. I've gotten a lot of flack, and I've been called a lot of names this week, and I've reached my breaking <laughs> and not point. not by me. No. <laughs> I reached my breaking point earlier in the week. I got called a hater because I refused to acknowledge that the Patriots are like the greatest franchise of all time. I got told I was uh, had sour grapes, <laughs> that I was a sore loser because of my Chiefs losing. So I'm going to sum this up, and I, I've had multiple discussions on multiple platforms. I stayed off of Twitter with this. You did. But I was on Facebook about it, and I uh. got shit on Facebook. By the way, if you haven't realized already, I got no filter tonight. I'm coming back <laughs> off my flu. There's a reason we marked this and, as explexi- expletive. Expletive. Exp- <laughs> explicit. Explicit. Thank you. I'm a beer and, in. And there's beer. And let me tell you about that. Um, there's a reason we marked this as explicit. Um, and I have no filter tonight. I'm going to make a very simple statement regarding the New England Patriots. The Patriots or Tom Brady? The Patriots organization, which includes Tom Brady. Okay. I do not want to hear about how Tom Brady or the New England Patriots are the greatest of all time or the greatest dynasty of all time or that what they've done is historic until someone can dismiss for me Every single one of the improprieties that have happened over the last 20 years under Robert Kraft's watch. Until you can say to me, everything they have done has been on the up and up. I am not going to acknowledge that this is a historic run. I get that our court system is innocent until proven guilty. In the court of public opinion, it is my personal opinion. And here it is. Until you can dismiss Deflategate... The taping of practices, the way they reported injuries when everyone on the roster would be probable on a Friday afternoon, Um, the hiring of Bill Belichick and how that happened from underneath the Jets, Robert Kraft's supposed desire to move to Hartford that suddenly wasn't such a big deal. And don't get me started on that because I did a lot of research (laughs) on that. He turned down a billion dollar deal. We were going to give him a billion dollars. The state of Connecticut told Robert Kraft, not only would they build his stadium to his specifications on land that they would manage, but they would put in infrastructure and multiple garages in the surrounding area so that there was never more than a 60 minute empty rate after a game. Think about that. 60 minute empty rate for an NFL stadium. That's got to be at least four or five garages, all with dedicated entrance ramps. That's crazy. There's no city streets there. You try to leave the Meadowlands. That's easily two hours. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's why so many people take the train. And now here's the last thing of the deal that was in this deal that Connecticut offered Robert Kraft. Any luxury suites that were unsold would be purchased by the state of Connecticut at retail price. Let me say that again. If you put an 0-16 team on the field, seven straight years, cough, Cleveland. (laughs) The state of Connecticut would personally pay for every unsold luxury suite. 
That's a fair amount of money. It was estimated at over a billion dollars. The whole thing. Yes. He turned it down for a $70 million investment by the city, by the state of Massachusetts and Foxborough. That's shady to me. Yeah, he, that does he seem He used odd. Connecticut to get what he wanted from Massachusetts. This organization, I'm not going to sit it, there. I'm not going to sit there and say they've done a whole bunch of illegal stuff. No. Are the mysterious people's radios stop working? Yes. Mid game. Yes. The, in, the, the inability, the inability for some reason in a state of the art stadium that costs $70 million for you to have electronic equipment working on a regular basis. This team has a lot of question marks over how it's handled its business in the last 20 years. Until you can answer those questions for me, they are not the greatest franchise of all time. And that's it. So what do you say to people who say that nothing has been proven? It doesn't have to be. There comes a point where there's enough smoke, there's fire. Okay? We are not Superintendent Chalmers having (laughs) smoke hams with Seymour Skinner while he claims that his burning kitchen is the Aurora Borealis. May I see it? No. (laughs) We're We're not that dense. We're not that dense. The Flategate, well, we never really proved anything because he destroyed his phone. Yeah. Have you ever destroyed a cell phone, Craig? You no. work in telecommunications. Not you work for a, You work for a company that sells these devices. Have you ever gotten to the point with your phone with, for whatever reason, you're like, you know, I'm just going to take a hammer to it? No. I never have. No. Never. He destroyed, physically destroyed the phone. Well, they never proved that he had anything to do with it. It was just all talk from some ball boys. Ball boys that he gave crap to. Signed memorabilia, stuff that had value. There's smoke there. Well, they taped practices. Well, they admitted that and they repented that. But everybody steals signals. People don't record signals for use later on. They can sit across the field. And if every time I touch the top of my hat, I'm stealing second. That's different. That's on me in the moment. Taping them and using them later is different. He got caught for that. Yep. Bill Belichick, his, I, I don't, I, I remember seeing it somewhere and I've got to find the reference. Bill Belichick's used to put people, every person he could on the probable. That's one of the reasons they got rid of probable is that everyone overused probable and Belichick was the first to do it. He would put 75 people on probable who were completely healthy because he, he considered it gamesmanship. It's not gamesmanship. It's misusing the system. It's misusing the system. It's fraud and on a football level. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to throw him in football jail? No. <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is this. When you have this many Com- this combination marks. of question marks and confirmed improprieties on both the coaching, the playing, and the organizational level, you cannot ask me to crown them as a great dynasty. Period. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Right. Where there is, I, I agree. Where and there is smoke, there is fire. And Usually. innocent men don't fear investigations and, and don't destroy evidence. Right. I'm sorry. I personally, and I have no proof for the statement, I personally believe Tom Brady destroyed evidence in an effort to cover his ass. I personally right. believe that. Why, if you're just looking at it from, even if you don't like football and don't follow it, it looks weird. Like, this whole thing is about perception. Like, things just yes. don't look, it just looks weird. And how many things have to look weird before people question the validity of the organization? And here's the thing. You got a state-of-the-art stadium. Did that influence our ability to win Super Bowls? Maybe, maybe not. Did that state-of-the-art stadium and give them a home field advantage that they've utilized? Maybe, maybe not. Does a guy like Randy Moss come to the Patriots if, uh, if if they're not already winning? These things have snowball effects potentially. And again, it sounds tinfoil hat because you can't prove yeah. any single one of them other right. than the taping incident, which they owned, but they've been punished by the league. People call it, I, I had it- one guy on, on Facebook go, it's pseudoscience, the deflate gate thing. Really? really? Because some six some sixth grader just won a science fair for proving that deflated <laughs> balls travel differently. And all he used was him, his high school quarterback, and his mom. And they did you see this? Yeah. He three and he measured it scientifically. It's not pseudoscience. The ball travels differently. Now, did Tom Brady do it intentionally? I have yeah. no idea. And then I get something this came from my brother. Well, Brad Johnson paid people to alter the balls for him. Brad Johnson hasn't won six Super Bowls and isn't standing there posing for his statue. Brad Johnson isn't posing for a statue in his own living room with his family, let alone out in front of an NFL stadium. Well, Aaron Rodgers says that he likes balls a certain way. That's great. I like things a certain way, too. I like my steak medium rare, but doesn't mean I always get it medium rare when I ask for it. 
I just True. there is too so so here it is. And I said I was not going to get into a rant about hey, it, which sure. turned out to be a complete lie. Hey, Craig your, loves your this. podcast, man. Craig loves this. Craig is like I am not a patriot. Craig man. is like I agree with all of this, but because it's coming out of Brit's mouth, I oh, am good. clean. Oh no, I'll yeah. You throw yourself under the bus here. The bottom line is there comes a point where the number of question marks overcome your ability to sit there and say everything is fine. Rational thinkers at some point have to stop and say, there's this much smoke. Something Something is is on fire. fire. That's exactly it. There's that internet meme of the dog sitting in the burning house. Everything's fine. (laughs) This is fine. That is what it's like talking to the Patriot fans who will sit there and say, deflategate is pseudoscience. The taping thing was one time that we never benefited from. No one ever proved Belichick misused the system. There's no proof that Kraft ever played the state of Connecticut to get a better deal out of Massachusetts. It looks weird that Kraft goes to like Goodell's house for dinner. It's like it looks weird. It's just strange. You don't do that. It's like Tom Brady hugging the referee before a game. How many of these little things have to happen before you sit there and And go, it's too I had somebody I worked with. She was like, well, you know, when we, you know, I played basketball and like we would shake hands with the ref. I'm like, yeah, okay. You don't hug the ref. It's just like, hey, thanks for coming today. I was a softball umpire for three years in a rec league in Trumbull. I got to know half the players in that league on a first name basis. I was never hugged once. And I'm a lovely person. I am I am a big old teddy bear in person. People want to hug me. Just saying. I'm a That's beer. True. I'm I've a, seen I've seen people I'm almost hug a beer in. I and so this here, here's your drunk talk segment. People like to hug me. I'm soft. I'm I'm fluffy. People like to hug me. And Craig's wife just chuckled from downstairs. She can hear. So Craig, Craig, Craig's wife sits downstairs and normally just has headphones on and doesn't pay attention. She took her headphones off for one second. What does she hear? People want to hug me. I'm big. I'm fluffy. So, so anyway, so we're way off track. So that was it. I, I, I just, I just wanted to make that simple statement. No. I turned it into can a I, rant. I just, I cannot sit here and say this is greatness while there are so many rational question marks and new England fans want to dismiss it. I get it. You don't want to buy into any of the possibilities I've described. That's fair. That is your choice. I am telling you that I cannot tell you that this is a great franchise. while all these question marks revolve around it period. Yeah. And my, my issue with it is when people, and now no one in our thread said this, but I've seen other people say it saying the Patriots are the greatest dynasty in all sports. All right, now you need to calm down. Okay, so now we, let's... We, you need to take it down a notch. <laughs> they, are, they are without a doubt. If we are going to dismiss all of that stuff, let's take my entire argument and put it on the shelf. All right. They are without a doubt the greatest dynasty of the 21st century, which is only it, tw- 19 years old, let's be honest. But let's think no. about the other dynasties. What about the Yankees in the yeah. first half of the 20th century? Yeah. What about the Canadians, which until 1970-something? 23 championships. 23 championships in a league that was less than 75 years old. There was a point in time, ladies and gentlemen, where the Canadians won an average of one out of every four Stanley Cups. And the and the, and the Celtics won. They won 18. Yes. Yeah, and the Yankees have been to, what, like, 40 World Series. They've won over half of them. Yes. And these are team. These are sports where you have to play multiple games to win a championship. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not trying—different sports have different requirements. Yeah, so, like, you really—it's for me, like, you can't compare sports. Hockey is, hockey is such a different animal than the NFL. Yeah, you can't—just like when people say, oh, Tom Brady's the greatest athlete ever. No. No, he's not. <laughs> Which is why I'm, I'm not putting, like, college basketball into this discussion. Don't forget, UCLA had a tremendous run in the 70s under John Wooden. What did they win? 118 straight, something like yeah. that? Keith, if there. Keith is listening to us, Keith is going, I know the number's 108. He's screaming into whatever <laughs> device he's listening to right now because he's a big UCLA guy. But um, th- but that's but that's one win. Let's go back yeah. to 1999. All right. UConn versus Duke in the national championship game. Duke sucks. Duke does suck. <laughs> Duke was, that was an amazing Duke team. I think they lost two games all year. UConn was like a three or four seed. They had a tremendous tournament. They made it to the final. As a UConn alum and constant UConn apologist, I am saying to you right (laughs) now, they would have lost, if they played 100 games in that series, they would have lost 85 of them. But the one night that counted, UConn won. I have a piece of the floor from that game. Oh, nice. That's how important that game was to me. I went out and bought like the $200 piece of the floor. There's a blue mark on it that I'm convinced is Trajan Langdon's left foot. Okay, we can go with that. I, I just, yeah, I just tell myself that <laughs> can, to make myself fine. feel good. 
That's the reality of it. Baseball, hockey, different animals in series and particularly hockey where you have what three levels to the playoffs. It's not like you could play somewhere in the realm of 40 playoff games in a playoff series, a season rather to make it to the, that's a lot of games. That's a lot. That's a lot of skating. It's a different animal. And even with that all being said, if you want to tell me that right now in 2019, the greatest dynasty of the 21st century is the New England Patriots, I can't argue with that. If you want to go all time, there's a lot of argument you can make with Yankee fans. And I guarantee yep. you the entire city of Montreal <laughs> would have an issue with it because Montreal is nuts about hockey. Oh, clearly. Absolutely nuts. They are the only city I've ever been to where their subway station links directly to their arena. You don't even have to go really? outside. Oh, no? No. It stops, like, underneath yes. and... You come upstairs, and there's a sign that points towards the stadium, and there's a sign that points out, and we went out the door because there wasn't a game at that afternoon. But literally, you don't have to go outside because that that's how much it matters to them. And everyone uses the subway to go to Canadians games. Everyone hmm. does. It's Fair. kind of a thing. So. Fair. And, yeah, my stance on Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, eh. Won't have that discussion. He's playing. He's still I playing. I won't He's have still it. playing, but to me, for me, and Cinch probably like threw his phone by now. Um, he's because I'm opening the consolation hey, prize. You you got me, <laughs> I'm gonna split this with our buddy Craig right now. Um, for me, like if you want to say his offensive line is the greatest of all time, maybe he's well, they- he's a pocket passer and he he doesn't get hit. If you put if you took Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning and put them on the Patriots, they probably would have won the same amount or more games. Oh, uh, my... Britt did not do as well with the consolation prize, but this was his consolation prize. So yeah, that's fine. so it's okay that I get an extra quarter um, inch. Right. So if I put Tom Brady and this wasn't that long ago, if I put him on the. Oh, dear. Britt made a face. Oh, it's got a strong nose. <laughs> Go on. If I put Tom Brady on the Texans when they allowed 60 sacks, you know what happens with Tom Brady's career? It's three years. Done. So, yeah, I can't. Done. I can't call him the greatest. Sorry. I just can't. When he's with retired, this Super Bowl, what did he do? He made five passes that twelve other quarterbacks could have made. What did he do? Yeah, nothing. That's sorry. No, but you know what? And the argument against that would be no one did anything in this game. True. And and that's where we're going to go with our last few minutes here. Is that that, that one of the reasons this? And this was a that, yeah. Oh yeah. Craig just stuck his nose in the consolation prize. Thank you to thank you to Adam and Cinch. So I just spent thank you twenty minutes railing <laughs> on their team. Thank you to Adam and Cinch. Since we're drinking your consolation prize right now, it is extraordinarily strong. Yeah, there's a little bit more flavor in this one. Uh, I'm not a. Ooh. I've never been a big fan of Lord Lord Hobo stuff. This is did Lord they, Hobo's did they have the peanut butter pride? one? Didn't they have like is a peanut butter or, or the genius. sweet baby genie? The sweet baby Jesus was that them? That was Lord Hobo. You're thinking of the chocolate peanut butter porter? Yeah, that was Evil Genius. Okay, and that might yes, that that's the one we're thinking of. They make an exceptional. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Their session is exceptional. Really, really solid. So I can't remember the name of it. And it pours down the street at the Acoustic Cafe. Oh. Just so you know, it's one of the things on tap. So I, I got... That's good to know. I got suckered into going to a concert there. Suckered meaning my wife wanted me to go. I can't even remember the name of the band, but it was a cover slash indie band. Okay. But their big thing is that they, they're... One of their lead guys plays the trumpet and the saxophone and the trombone. At the same time? No. Oh. <laughs> and it was right before Halloween. So all I remember is that he they blasted out a live version of Ghostbusters. Nice. Where he played the entire horn part on a trombone. And nice. And it was freaking amazing. That's pretty awesome. So this guy is sitting there singing and then all of a sudden just grabs a trombone and starts blaring the horn section of Ghostbusters. While the bass guitarist goes, I'm not afraid of no ghost. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. And the only thing I remember about that night is I was drinking Lord Hobo Session. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was nice. that, that's how not memorable they were. I could not even tell you the name of the band. My wife probably could. All right. Julian and Julian Edelman being the MVP absolutely makes sense. True. Because I would no say one, the, I would say the punters could have been the MVP. And there was an argument for that on NFL Network the next day. <clears throat> there, there was a school. Folks, if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, it was a school on punting. Field position. From both teams. Field position. Neither team could move more than 20 yards. Nope. (laughs) So if you pinned them in their own territory or inside their own 20, it was automatically you're all set. But if you allowed a return to the 50, you were given up a field goal. That's essentially how this game played out. The hunt, I think his name was Ryan, Ryan something or other, from who's that guy? Uh, From the Patriots, five punts, 
three of them pinned inside the 20. Yeah. For their a, average punt was like, what, 45 yards? 43 and change. If it was like, you know, 25-yard punts, it would have been a completely different game. And don't forget, when when you're dealing with, with low occurrences, like it's very easy to catch five balls for 100 yards when you catch one of them for 67. Exactly. So there can be... But the longest punt for the New England punter was 53 yards, and he averaged 43. So there's not it's not like he had one booming punt where he sent it 70 yards and it right. offset his average for the night. He was consistent. He put the ball in the right place. It was a defensive and special team game. And that's that was so you could make that argument. The, that being said, the writers are never going to vote for a freaking punter. And it's <laughs> voted on by the guys who are all sitting up in the booth. Three quarters of them had two ballots already filled out on their desk at the time the game started that one of them said Jared Goff and one of them said Tom Brady. (laughs) Because the quarterbacks always win it. Never forget Super Bowl 51, the comeback against Atlanta. James White had three touchdowns in the second half and Tom Brady was the MVP. Three (laughs) touchdowns in the second half for a running back and Tom Brady was the MVP. And Brady had a great game. Did he throw for 500 yards in that game or something like that? Something. But James White was who scored the points. Tom Brady yep. was the MVP. So that's how it works in the, in the NFL. Yeah. If you are the quarterback of the winning team, you have a better than 50-50 shot of winning the MVP. Yeah, exactly. I should let Craig talk a little bit tonight. <coughs> no, that's fine. On, I'm, on like, I'm personally, personally, I'm enjoying the rants. So it's, it's all good. You take a week off because uh, of the flu, folks. Uh, <laughs> and you know what it is, too? This is the first podcast in over a month I've had anything to drink. This is true, too. So this a lot of this too. is so, beer fuel. Let me tell you about and if, it. You know, if you're not, if you're a Patriot fan, well, too bad. <laughs> and, and and so all right, so let's let's go on to the last thing I want to discuss tonight before yeah. we get. To, you know, we'll we even make this final thought. So sure. I'm going to start with my final thought. All right, prop bets. Oh boy, there Did were. Did you see that guy? What guy? The guy in Vegas. Well, no, he bet two hundred and fifty dollars that the Rams would only score three points. What was the payout he on that? He won a hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred and fifty getting to that's that's four thousand to one. Yeah, that the Rams would only score three points the entire game. Wow, that's balls, <laughs> ballsy. <laughs> Speaking of ballsy, um, right before I get back to the prop bets, really quick on a side note, as my final thought, did you happen to watch the State of the Union last night? I avoided that. Okay, at all costs. Nancy Pelosi behind the President of the United States, and I try to be apolitical, even though I hate Donald Trump. Right. She wore a necklace. Okay. That was blue. Okay. But had two red spheres right in the front. Okay. Like a pair of balls. <laughs> and they were red. And a lot of pundits are like, she showed up on national television with the president's balls around her neck. <laughs> and Craig is going to edit that out, I'm sure. No, that's staying in. That's staying in. That is staying in. I was just in. like, that's ballsy right there. If that's what she was going for, that's ballsy. I can't imagine that she had that level of foresight. She was probably just thinking, God, I got to get through this. But anyway. All right. So the prop bets. There were two I wanted to bet. Okay. We're probably going to go over a little over tonight yeah, just to warn you. it's fine. We're, it's a new month. And, and it is. And it's a freaking off season. The rest of the episodes <clears throat> could be 30 minutes. It's just. Yeah. And we haven't talked about any of the news this week. No. Antonio Brown pushed a woman down the front <laughs> steps and we haven't talked about it. But there was there were two I wanted to bet. Okay. I wanted to take heads on the coin flip, which I said in a couple weeks ago was because the guy who calls for the Patriots has never in his career called tails. Okay. The morning of the Super Bowl, the bet on DraftKings was still plus 103 either way. Okay. So $100 would pay $203 either way. Most of the Vegas sports books had heard this already and we're putting a huge margin on tails to try and swing the betting. DraftKings did not adjust. I could have put $1,000 on something that was guaranteed to happen. <laughs> like 99.9%. With, with these prop bets, do you have to be in Vegas? Or could I have been in New Jersey? No, Jersey. DraftKings, you New Jersey. I have, I have downloaded the sportsbook app to my phone. Just in case you're in New Jersey. Or in case that there's an opportunity, in case Connecticut finally gets off its butt and realizes. Somebody, was it you who said, how much money did New Jersey make off of prop bet taxation? Somebody told me this. Was it you? Two million. Two million dollars before game day. So that's not counting the folks who logged onto the app. And let's let's realize, most casual bettors bet on game day. Yeah. The Sharks bet when the Lions come out. And that's why the line goes from... Rams minus one to Patriots minus two and a half like that. 
is because the Sharks pushed the line. So that $2 million in taxation before the game even, the game day even arrived. Connecticut is losing out on this. Connecticut, get off your ass. Go, Ned. So there's the first thing I could have made money on. That was guaranteed. And the first thing they did was like, New England Patriots, yeah, that's the call it. The call is heads. I turned to Craig and just shot him a look like, I told you. <laughs> it was, I was, that was easy money. I could have paid for a vacation with that bet. It was that simple. The other one I absolutely wanted to bet was the under. It was 56 on DraftKings. I knew this was not going to be a game. I, I had 27-24 in my head the whole way. That's 51 points. I'm like, they're not going over that. They're yeah, the under over was like 56. 56 on DraftKings. So that's 51 points. Those are the two I wanted to bet. I would have won on both freaking bets. Yep. So Did angry. you play any boxes? this year i did i did one box and only on, it was the freebie on the DraftKings app if you download the DraftKings app you got a freebie i got patriots zero uh rams six. Oh, any other game that's a solid chance six yeah. and zeros are decent numbers i to actually have. i actually won a box in a pool i was in but the thing is Ooh. we don't we don't pick the when you go into it you don't pick the boxes like the person who won the pool last week picks the boxes for people okay so it's like a random draw right for you so well, the numbers are always random in the draw yeah the box pool so yeah so the funny I got thing it is with the three on our way into the um the curling club on last sunday this is before you got there we're right next door to a hockey arena right um and one of the guys from the hockey arena who works there ran out and went hey you guys doing boxes this year i'm like <laughs> no was, oh and he ran back inside the arena i was like he was literally coming over to the curling club just to find out if he could buy the boxes <laughs> But we will. We'll do that next year. But So there's my final thought. Connecticut, you need to get on board with these prop bets. Definitely. There was a huge controversy over the length of the national anthem. I don't know if you heard this. I did not. Two-second version is that, um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Aretha Franklin. Thank you. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Aretha Franklin. Wow. Thank Gladys you, mysterious Knight. voice from not outside the studio, <laughs> who's supposed to have her headphones on and not listening to us. Um <laughs> <laughs> I hope that got picked up. Um, Gladys Knight tripped on the word brave okay. and sang brave and then took another short breath and sang brave again. The rule that Vegas has always had is that it's when the word brave begins that you don't have the Mariah Carey effect where she spends 75 seconds going through the brave. That whole nonsense. As soon as you pronounce the B. That's where they stop the timer. Okay. But she went, home of the brave, brave. There was a second, and she said it again. Okay. Which one stops the timer? Mm. And here's the problem. They stopped it on the first B, and it put her like a half second under. Oh. When she started the second B, she was a second over. Oh, wow. So good shooting by Vegas to get to the right spot, but... Now, everybody's like, no, no, it was the under. No, it wasn't. It was the over. She kept singing. She said, brave again. Some sports books, some of the smaller ones, they're just trying to appease their clientele. We're like, screw it. We'll take a loss on this. We'll pay both sides. We'll pay both sides. Evenly. I guess that's fair. That's what they did to just make people she happy. Did the, she did the whole brave again. Like she said, Yes, brave. she said the full word again. Hmm. Never happened before. This has never happened before. And it was right on the mark. <laughs> you could not get closer to it. So it's a huge controversy. It has been all over sports talk radio. I don't know what the answer is, but wow. all I know is this is the first That's... year in the national anthem I ever considered taking the under because like going back, yeah, Mariah usually, Carey over. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's such a traditional like performer. I would and she was amazing. I would have taken the under on that. And she looks fantastic. She is 74 years old, and she looks like she's easily in her 50s. She is, whatever you're doing to stay stay well, keep doing it, because you look fantastic, my dear. And you did a great job. She banked, the anthem was probably the best part of the game, aside from the commercials. Probably the best part of the game. Yeah, we didn't even pay attention to the halftime show. No, there was a halftime show? Oh, exactly. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Let's talk about the halftime show next week. Sure. Did you see the memes about how Adam Levine's shirt looked like everyone's throw pillows? <laughs> no. Go online and look. That shirt looked like he had everybody. And and everyone was like, oh, so Adam Levine can rip off his shirt on, on the Super Bowl halftime show, but Janet Jackson can't? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like legally. Actually, did you know, random fact, until like the 1930s, yeah. it actually was illegal for men to wear, to not, to like. Be shirtless? Know, be shirtless. 
And then so many guys got upset about it, they actually protested and got the law changed. <laughs> I, I'm envisioning a, guy, a bunch of guys with handlebar mustaches and exactly. bowler hats walking around with no shirts going, change the law. It's a bully day. <laughs> bully, bully. Bully, oh, it's not bully. Okay. Anyway, my final thought has taken 15 minutes. So, it Craig, does. final thought. Wow. You um, summed up a lot. And I'm, again, you know, if you're a Patriot fan, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's. I'm not. It, I'm not sorry either. You know, Brit, sorry, not sorry. Brit's, Brit's not a hater. Um, I'm not a fan of Tom Brady at all. Sorry. Just think critically, folks. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Just Look not. at it from outside your soccer hooligan minded <laughs> box. If this were any other team, would you be this way? There was, I saw a picture that someone made of Tom Brady doing like a three point shot over Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay, again, let's just calm down because A, Tom Brady can't jump over a Pepsi can, and B, that would never happen. <laughs> Do, do we invoke do we invoke the great Kevin Nash? We could. I think it's time. Go ahead. Everybody settle down before you start peeling any potatoes or tossing any salads. <laughs> Let's sit down and talk about this thing. <laughs> and if you don't know what that reference is, I am not explaining it. We're an explicit podcast. We are not that explicit. Um so all right, so yeah, it just calm down. Yeah. Just calm calm down. So a quick a quick story as we wrap. Go up. ahead, we got time. We really don't, but we do. <laughs> so I've been trying, and what we're, we're talking about, just so everyone who's listening, and we thank everyone who stuck with us for the last two years through our inane, somewhat drunken chatter, um, and our, our insight. I think we've been pretty good. Craig made a great yeah. Super Bowl prediction a year ago. I did this year, not so much, but yeah, hey, it DFS DFS this year. I was up two dollars when it was all said and done. I'm not even joking. Hey, third years, you know, got the third year, um, third year, charm. third year charm. Yeah, like Second, sophomore jinx. Um, so we appreciate everybody. We're talking about maybe rebranding the podcast, and this is why. I've been trying to teach Alexa to play our podcast. Okay, Alexa does not recognize the word fig nuts <laughs> as an actual word. The, uh, oh, oh God, I set it off. So. While we are on Stitcher, by the way, leave us a review on Stitcher, iTunes, however you listen to us. Um, she will. I use she because I can't say the A word because it'll wake up Craig's. Right. She recognizes Stitcher. And I said, you ask <laughs> Stitcher to play the Football Fig Nuts podcast. And it came back with like, here's the Football Fanatics podcast. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the wrong one. <laughs> play the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Playing the football fantasy podcast. No, no, that's the wrong one. So finally, I'm up against the machine. I'm, I'm, I'm literally six inches from my dot, the same distance I am from my mic right now. And I go, play the football fig nuts podcast. And there's a momentary pause. And my echo dot goes, playing Friday Night Fantasies podcast. And no joke, some smooth jazz comes through, and a voice goes, Hello, ladies. It's Friday night again. It's time for us to talk about our deepest fantasies. And I went, Alexa, stop! <laughs> and my wife is laughing hysterically from the next room as I'm trying to teach. So we're not rebranded because we're changing anything. We need something that's easily recognizable for freaking Echo and Amazon. <laughs> It's brutal. I want to be able to listen to the podcast on whatever devices. Yeah. I want to be able to sit there and say, okay, listen, hey, listen to my podcast. And it, it just it, it isn't working right there. So we're, we're talking about that. But that will happen during the off season. That will happen between seasons right. two and three. Exactly. So, But it was a pretty funny story that it brought up a, a Friday Night Fantasy that's, podcast that was nothing to do with football something. or sports. That's, yeah, that's something. That's it's not, not worth any money. <laughs> exactly. But that's something. <laughs> So, all right, we are way uh, over time. I apologize. Normally, the off seasons where we all of a sudden look up and go, "Wow, we only went thirty minutes." Okay, Th this well, week this, we went this over was an a hour. good one. This is a good well, one. we also had we have shared three beers. We reviewed two tree houses and a Lord Hobo. Yep. Um, I'm gonna need a cab to get home. Um, but uh, well, Craig will make all me right. stay here for the next hour. That's fine. Um, but we'll be back next week. Next week, let's start talking about the coaching changes. Let's yes. start talking about free agency. The combines are only three weeks away. Think there about that. There is no off season, folks. There isn't. Your 2019 season prep begins now. Yeah, especially if you're into dynasty. Definitely your preseason, your on. your pod, you've all yeah. Your preparation starts on draft day if you're in dynasty. 
absolutely and probably before because if we start to figure out who's going where and we will have adam in here for the 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 uh draft analysis we did that last year we had adam coming yep. i think the week after the nfl draft and yeah. talk about the he's NFL a, draft. he's a big college guy he's i sort big, of follow it but he's he, he knows is our mel kuyper pretty much adam is our mel kuyper <laughs> they they put him in cryogenic freezing they thaw him out in in in, in january April. february yeah. march they give him a month to prepare. <laughs> he does the draft. They put him back in deep freeze in May. And that's it. And that's why Mel Kuyper will outlive us all. So uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a a, a, a review. Um, I've said that already. Uh, email us, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. If you have any questions or any feedback, we're always willing to hear it. Unless it's you're telling me I'm a patriot hater because I'm done hearing that. Uh, but we will be back next week. Until Question then, I am Brit. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>